What's up, guys? Welcome to the DJ and Dads podcast. I'm joined by my host today, Kyle Wilson. We always talk about tech, NFTs, crypto, AI, all things tech on these podcasts. Be sure to be tuned in. We swap channels from my channel to Kyle's channel. It's going to be uploaded on all platforms. But without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Our main topic today is going to be Batman coming to Polygon. That's right. Todd McFarlane dropped a Batman collectible on Polygon this week. We're going to dive into that topic in just a minute. Kyle, how's it going today? It's going good, man. I'm, I'm doing great and just ready to touch grass here this coming weekend and have fun with the fam. So it's been a great week. You know, obviously you mentioned McFarlane, uh, Toys Digital, and they're based on Polygon. There's been a lot of news around Polygon, so I want to talk a little bit about that later. But man, it's been a blast. How about you, man? I, I see your pictures that you've been posting over on Twitter. Um, it looks like you've had a blast as well, man. What's What's good? Yeah, we just got back from the beach on a family trip with my wife's family, and uh, it was good, you know. Uh, bringing two kids, both under or two and under, uh, to the beach has its has its troubles, you know. When the rest of the family is like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna set up half a mile to the right," and all they have to do is carry like each a chair and like a little umbrella, and then you have like two kids, all of their toys, all their stuff, stuff to keep them cool. It's just, it's a lot harder. Um, so it's not. You know, when I say beach, everybody's like, oh, you got to relax for a week. Like, nah, man, like working every day, 12 hours a day is more relaxation than like trying to uh, get kids to the beach and get out with them on trips. But it was worth it. We made lifetime memories. I'm very thankful for every part of it. And I think my kids overall had a great time and good experiences. My older, my oldest daughter is turning three in September and she finally like walked in the sand and played a little bit. And uh, she liked the ocean. Uh, we got in there with some floaties and uh, she enjoyed that as well. Got to see some dolphins. So we made lifetime memories. It was difficult. It was not relaxing, but it was well worth it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I got a, a chance to make it down to the creek, which was really fun. Uh, the kids got to swim around and do all that fun stuff. Not as cool as the beach, but I digress. Um, yeah, so what, what's up with McFarlane, man? You, I heard you mention that. Uh, let's go ahead and just like dive into the topics. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I do want to come back to something that happened on the beach later, but that's for a later topic that we're going to talk about with Twitter rebranding as X. Uh, but yeah, with McFarlane, it was actually on my way back from the beach. Uh, they had the drop. It was like around 2,000 NFTs that are dropped on Polygon, four different rarities, summer sign. Um, and these can be put in a vault, as we'll look at in your video that you posted later. So I actually had to pull over on the way home and go for the mint. And I had a lot of trouble, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, um, I tried to go for it off of hot, my wife's hotspot on my laptop because that's where my wallet that I was using. By the way, I would not recommend bringing your stuff with you like I did. Um, my, like, trading wallet, I don't keep a lot in, uh, so I don't really care. But, like, my main wallet, I, I, try, I keep safe and stuff. Um, but I tried to go for my laptop on hotspot, and I was getting the error that a lot of other people were getting. Like, something went wrong, and then, like, I kept on refreshing. I was in the Discord, like, does anybody have a solution? And, like, nobody had a solution. But, you know, being in the space for a long time, you have to kind of like just like make solutions on your own. So that's what I did. So what I had to do was uh, nothing worked. I had to import my wallet into my wife's phone. 
um, and go from it, go for it just directly from the phone. And that somehow worked. I don't know if it was like the hotspot that caused the problem or if it was Google Chrome that caused the problem. I saw a few people say that they had problems on Chrome, but uh, I ended up, did get successfully go through with it when I went to my wife's phone, used MetaMask, opened the Mint page up directly from like the browsing feature of MetaMask and then minted from there. So I did finally get one, but it, it wasn't it wasn't seamless for me. Yeah, that's a, a similar experience, but except mine was like way smoother. I was on route to do some family pictures and some errands, and I was like, oh no, like the mint starting now. Like the Alalis has opened up. Like I don't want to miss this mint. So, you know, naturally I just used the, the app on my phone, the MetaMask app, um, and minted it within, you know, two, I guess like 15 seconds from end to end, um, and put up the video on Twitter of, of kind of like how my process went. So, um, it was very smooth for me. And, uh, yeah, so I, maybe that has to do, like you said, with the using the phone app and not the Chrome browser. So, uh, we kind of dubbed this Kyle and Chris gate. Um, so, uh, yeah. So shout out to people yeah. that are trying to use the McFarlane app. You can just use the MetaMask app apparently on your phone and it works very seamlessly. Um, and literally you can do everything within the MetaMask app. You can download it create a wallet buy a polygon and buy literally everything right within the wallet so um yeah so that's 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 interesting that's another issue i had which wasn't on mcfarlane it was on me i bought polygon i bought some polygon for the mint literally last week like last thursday and uh i wasn't able to transfer it until after the mint so i'm sitting here like with no polygon i'm on a trip so like bridging would would not have been ideal because like i didn't have like internet the whole time it was on my laptop i was traveling and stuff so what ended up like the only way i was able to do it was i think like the morning of i was like well shoot it still hasn't it's coinbase still won't let me transfer my matic so i ended up buying it from paypal like using my paypal instead of like a direct transfer from my bank and i think that allowed me access a little bit faster my funds were still held from the bank transfer but the paypal allowed me to access like barely like just enough to mint it uh by the time that the mint went live so thankfully i squeezed that in or i wouldn't have even had the matic uh to be able to mint it so again because i was traveling it wasn't the easiest experience um but i still was able to get it i would have loved to have got three uh like obviously if i had more time and i wasn't traveling i would have minted all three um but it is what it is i'm, I'm very happy with just having one right now all right so i i like the naming this Dejan dadgate for mcfarland <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's a very, pretty interesting experience. And, um, I will say probably the easiest way is just preloading, just like you would with VV. Like, you know, you want to preload the gems on VV. You want to kind of preload the, the polygon on this app as well. And the easiest way to probably do that, uh, depending on how, like, there's two ways, you know, you can just buy from Coinbase and send it to your polygon wallet using the polygon network, or you could just buy it directly from MetaMask inside with the buy button and buy polygon through the polygon network as well. But um, yeah, I put out a little video, try to help people. Um, I may put out another like short, just showing how you can do everything within the MetaMask um, app on the Chrome extension and I guess mobile too. So I might have to do a mobile uh, short on that, but yeah, I, I'm going to have to declare this Dejan Dadgate because Yo. we both had successful mints. Yours was a little bit more, you know, <laughs> obviously you had to overcome some obstacles, but you still figured it out. And then I had the same experience minus all the obstacles, just an easier process on the mobile device. And I think that comes down to like the browser caching or something like that. So um, 
yeah, so that's pretty interesting. I, I wonder if, I know people out there had similar experiences too. I saw users saying that they also were able to mint on mobile and they were at, at like work and stuff like that. So yeah, very interesting. Let me pull up the recent stats because I was looking all day yesterday. When I ended the day yesterday, uh, the collection had around 100,000 Matic volume, which I think is pretty good. That's around $70,000 in volume. I haven't looked today, so I was going to go look. And I know you posted on your uh, on your Twitter like how the collectible looked in AR, and it looked awesome, man. Um, hey, I, I just tried to go to uh, the to the McFarlane site and it said website blocked due to phishing. The heck? Oh, so uh, is that you? You said you're trying to go to what now? I'm trying to go to the market uh, to see, you know, how uh, at, the total volume right now. It was a hundred thousand polygon last night. I was gonna go see what it was today, but anyways, um, yeah, man, you want to walk us through like the showroom, like your experience with like getting your Todd in the showroom? Yeah, so. It, you know, I have the viewer app downloaded. I've had it downloaded since it came out. Um, but you can go in there and place your collectibles that you're buying off of the app or off of this platform, of course. And so I have like a really good GPU and I, I just placed it in there. The cape like waves around. It's like animated. The Batman actually like blinks and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's very cool, man. If you're into this kind of stuff, like definitely check it out. Um, you can you know, obviously look at me or Chris's Twitter feeds and we both posted up the bat, the animated Batman, the year two, which sold out. Um, and I think, let me check the floor price. It was like up yesterday, but I think people were, uh, taking a little bit of profit there. No, it's a, uh, yeah. So it's about 165 Matic right now, which is about $118, um, dollars on the floor. And that's just the, co- like the quote unquote common or the classic. Now, when you start getting into the signatures, those have sold for, it looks like one sold for like $3,600 yesterday. And we might see even, you know, basically higher sales than that when you're talking about the exotic rares that are like one of ones essentially. And even the Batman 423 mint number, that could go for possibly the same as the signatures. So I actually um, think I know the person that got that. Uh, or that. So, so he sniped it on the market. He's uh, actually one of my YouTube members. Shout out to my YouTube members. Uh, let me find out for sure who it is. But that's um, that's going to be really interesting to watch, Chris. Uh, not not only just now, but uh, for the foreseeable future. Like these are, you know, obviously handmade or like from end to end done by Todd McFarlane, who is the creator of Spawn, created the you know Spawn homage Batman for twenty three, of course. So this is like his mastered version, and you were able to buy this in the physical toy lineup in going to Walmart or or target now they're all sold out of course but this was dropped as a toy first and now it, i think it's like minimum 40 to 80 dollars like for the physical toy so the the toy itself has appreciated in value a little bit and now the the physical or the digital is super limited signed and one of ones like this uh this piece could get interesting over time Yes. Well, I want to give a shout out. It was Arab Meister was the one he sniped the four two three meant Todd, uh, you know, which is obviously based off the comic, which is really cool. Uh, I don't. You, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, speaking of like the physical and digital versions, uh, Gucci just announced a like a partnership with Ten KTF Shop, where all Gucci Vault material NFT for all Gucci Vault material holders. So uh, basically, turning the digital textile into Gucci physicals starting now through August twenty fifth. 
and that is Gucci, a, a brand that uh, a high end brand that a lot of people are familiar with. That's uh yeah, Gucci man. That's solid. Um, yeah. I don't buy any Gucci, but uh, that's pretty cool. You know, if you're into fashion and all that good stuff. Now, I do like their Web three gaming uh, focused you know initiative that they sponsor, like some of the Web three or really like gamers, and you they just like load up these gamers with like Gucci stuff. So like you have gamers like with Gucci heads headphones and clothes, and like I think that's pretty cool. You yeah, know, for a fashion company. Cool. But I also think it's a nod at what at gaming. It's pop culture. And it goes to show you when a high-end fashion brand is out there sponsoring gamers, I think it's to the point where gamers are, you know, what I consider pop culture. Yeah, I love that, man. Uh, on the McFarlane, so the talk of the week, too, you know, it looks like overall there's a lot of support for the Todd McFarlane on Polygon. A lot of people seem to get mad when like other platforms drop the same collectible, but I think that's part, just part of it, man. I, I saw a tweet yesterday from you that I really liked. Uh, essentially, uh, Vivi has Todd McFarlane on IMX; they're the first ones. Uh, then you have uh, was it Funko Pops has a Batman on on Wax blockchain, and then. You have this one on Polygon. You have Heroes uh, with the cards on. Well, they're on IMX, but they can also be bridged to ETH. So I guess you can say ETH. So yeah, man, what do you what do you think about that? Like having all these different brands on different chains, and like how, how does that? How do you feel? Yeah, this is um, it's pretty interesting. You know, it's like the brands are out there uh, exploring blockchains, which one works best for them, what what's a good fit. You know, and I think that's been primarily the strategy for, you know, DC, even launching on Palm itself. Palm, you know, moving over to, it looks like Polygon, the Supernet, and joining the ZK ecosystem. So I saw that, that yeah. Yeah, that's so that, huge. that's huge. And Polygon just really, just launched Polygon 2.0. This is not that old. I mean, this month, they were still rolling out updates and updating the community. Um, so Polygon is continuing to be a powerhouse, and people... Uh, forget, but Immutable X uses Polygon ZK EVM. So directly, Immutable will use Polygon indirectly, but directly. So um, that's going to be interesting because that's going to basically allow Immutable X to scale and be more interoperable in amongst the uh, blockchains and ZK uh, ZK based, you know, uh, blockchains out there. So I think that's really important for folks to understand and how important that is. But um, yeah, but just to see like you know, DC on all the different blockchains and all these other brands. I think it's interesting. I think over time you'll see a lot of like bridging back and forth. And I think this is kind of uh, what we, I guess the future, you know, I think cross chain and um, having that compatibility and interoperability between the chains is going to be really important. Um, but there's a lot to think through. A lot of people don't understand what we're really talking about. And even if they do, they don't understand that there's different layers of interoperability. You have interoperability at the asset level, which is your actual, you know, like JPEGs and where you can display them, what metaverse you can display them in. Then there's backend, what I call backend interoperability, which is the blockchain and where you can connect your NFT wallet to and display in those different experiences. And then now we're talking about cross-chain interoperability. So there's different levels of this. And um, it's going to be interesting. I think the projects that are going to be winning in the future are going to be the ones that implement all three. So on the announcement that you shared and that you just talked about with Polygon and and Palm, does that mean that the Backhouse could be on Polygon or is that... 
you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So, okay. um, I'll have to read into exactly what their plan is for this, or if they're just implementing it as a complement to the Palm blockchain. Cause as you know, Palm has their own blockchain or if they're just moving everything, you know, all together, but it sounds like this is going to have an interoperable effect <laughs> for, um, being able to use Polygon ZK EVM and, and be compatible with Polygon directly. And that means Ethereum as well. So, um, you know, it just depends on how they're going to roll this out um, and how far they plan to implement this. But yeah, this is big because um, it could be similar to Immutable X where they use that Polygon ZK EVM uh, for that, you know, more compatibility uh, with Ethereum itself. Yeah, definitely. You know, so the Batcals obviously gave an allow list allocation to their holders for this McFarlane drop. So if they're going to be on Polygon, that also makes me wonder if they are going to integrate with McFarlane digital, uh, like on some level. Like, I don't know, that's just something to speculate. But yeah, I, I think with all the different variations, uh, I think there's room for like really five or more platforms to carry the same IP and kind of have each have different purposes, you know, like I don't necessarily have to go into detail about each one, but like hero for me is definitely like a collecting standpoint. You're rewarded for collecting. It's more card based. You can really stack them if you wanted to. Uh, VV, I feel like is like a status symbol because Todd from on VV dropped in like March of 2021. It's the highest barrier to entry. I think it's at like 800 something dollars right now. Um, you know, like you're, you're like on, on Vivi, you're like proud to own a Todd, obviously. Like we've talked a lot about that. We both have our Todds. You can see yours in the background. Mine's you're not able to see. Um, and then on this McFarlane platform, I'm just excited to see like like one, it looks awesome. Um, I might try to try to throw that clip in there of you showing it in the showroom, but it just looks so good. Um, and I know that uh, the as far as McFarlane Digital goes, they're going to be re rewarding their holders a lot. I don't know the breakdown of the point system, but from what I understand, essentially you build points for collecting, you build XP for interacting in the showroom, and if you floor the collectible, you basically get a, a get a reset on your seasonal points. So there's like seasonal points and there's like lifetime points. Um, so I have no intention to sell. Like I wanted to have my, I, I want to build that up, kind of similar to the MCP points, but it's sort of a different system, and see what they do with it because I really feel like McFarland is going to be very re rewarding to those holders and uh, like their biggest supporters um it was almost over allocated to uh to xp in my opinion uh the if you interact with the app and you built up xp you could get up to five uh if i had any kind of criticism if you're watching this trevor uh built by trevor it would be maybe maybe not like them get five next time but i get that you know it, it's a really bad market right now you want to make sure it sells out. So if you give people the option to buy five, it's more than likely to sell out than if you give them the option to buy one each. I'm going to talk about this pretty heavily in the middle of this episode, but Reddit just did a drop and people are fudding it uh, in collaboration with a big NFT project, but you're only allowed to buy one and I'm going to get into that later. But if, if you're only able to buy one, then that kind of changes things up. Yeah, and there's always that like cat and mouse of how much additions you have and how many uh, are allowed you're allowed to mint and i think that always comes into play the dynamics of it and it's tough because you know it, it also like you said it like kind of hangs on the balance of the market the current market conditions and of course like as you said um it, you know the market's not so good right now so uh for this job i think just seeing the price action in the secondary that uh overall it was a pretty pretty well done drop and like you said maybe they do did over allocate it just a little bit uh, too much and maybe they could rethink that part and maybe um 
you know, they had the Bat Calalalis, the XP, um, and I know they'll continue to do the XP, of course, and they've already been rewarding uh, collectors with the Superman drop, and now, of course, this drop as well. Um, so it's going to be exciting, like you said, um, how they'll continue to reward collectors, and I think that's what, you know, obviously, VB, I, they haven't implemented MCP. A lot of people have been really waiting for that for literal years. So I think, you know, once they do roll their end out, uh, people will be a little bit more excited about that, too. But um, we're seeing this, like, actually play out finally, uh, at least on a, another app. But I think this does get the get uh, collectors excited just in general. Yeah, absolutely, man. Rewarding those those collectors and those highest active users is where it's at, and I think it will create long term stability with a project. So I'm really excited. Uh, talking well, about how the market's not good, um, the but before the- you, before you go into that, I just want to say um, just super quick is DC is obviously it's been around for a very very long time as well. So it's always it's not just about like versus either you know i think a lot of people fall fall into that mindset of like one app versus the other but how i see it is like what brought me into the space chris is actually batman when i saw batman nft that brought me in and i that's because i'm a huge dc fan i love batman i was a big collector of all the different figures and toys when i was younger and that was like one of my first things i started collecting so um, that's what really brought me in. And when I see, you know, a platform like McFarlane, I get excited about just the IP potential and why I have a bat cow as well. So, um, I, I think too, like, let, like for me, it's just fandom at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Now that makes sense. I would say, so I would say I had a similar experience. The, the deeper that I'm in the space, the more that like, I enjoy like indie artists and like new projects and like the next big IP that's not even like, or that's being built, you know? Um, but I definitely think as far as adoption goes, having that IP is going to be a big part. Uh, what, what I was going to transition to is, uh, you know, we were talking about the market not being good. And a large part of that is just macro right now. I mean, Fed's rose rates 25 again uh, this last meeting. The highest it's been in 22 years. Uh, the macro conditions are not great across the board. Uh, and then, of course, like the most highly speculative assets are the ones that are going to get hit hardest. You know, crypto being highly speculative, NFTs being a step above that. The, all that aside, let's assume that we see a better market next year or whenever in the future. Uh, what's going to like bring adoption, man? And, and I'm going to it's a rhetorical. I do want to know your opinion on that, but I'm going to I'm going to answer that as a rhetorical standpoint. Uh, Reddit onboarded 13 million. Wa- I got some stats from this last night. 13 million wallets in 2020 between 2022 and right now for dropping their digital avatars. We're talking about Reddit. The people who are there's a, there's an underlying culture of Reddit that hates NFTs, hates crypto. Matter of fact, hate it so much that if you had one of these digital avatars that were airdropped to you for free, you would get banned from certain red- subreddits. That's how much they hated it. Since then. There's been a much more respected environment for it. Nearly every subreddit that I'm in, like there's like people with the digital collectibles now and they don't get trashed just for having the digital collectible. It's came such a far ways. They actually just did their Gen 4 drop this week. Another fun fact about Reddit, 13 million wallets, um, about I think it was 25 to 30,000 of those wallets actually bridged OpenSea. Now you might think, well, 13 million to 30,000, that's a bad ratio. But if you look at the total Polygon wallets on OpenSea, I do not remember the exact number. Reddit makes up for a large portion of it, like, like a substantial portion of the total Polygon wallets on, on OpenSea. It's also converted a lot of new users. Um, and 
read it last year, a lot of people got airdropped these or bought them just because they were fun, no financial incentive. And then they realized that if they brought them over to OpenSea, they were selling for $1,000. So what do they do? They could, they could absolutely hate NFTs or anything to do with it. But if they're like, holy crap, I just got to learn this process by watching Kyle Wilson's video on how to bridge my avatar to, you know, to OpenSea and I get a thousand bucks. Yeah, they're going to do that. And they might still think it's dumb or they might not. They might be like, wow, that was really cool. I just transferred that item and made a thousand bucks. Maybe I'll consider buying another one in the future. Obviously, there's a financial incentive there, but there's also like not like entirely financial basis. Sorry, I know this is one long thing. Um, but that goes on to our next topic. This week, uh, they teamed up with a very well-renowned uh, NFT project, Cool Cats. Now, Cool Cats have had their FUD, but I like Cool Cats. I'm a Shadow Wolf holder. I actually unboxed, I don't know if you remember, my Shadow Wolf on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So I bought I bought a Shadow Wolf, which was more scarce, and then I bought a Cool Cat, just their standard Cool Cat, like blue one. Um, the Cool Cats are still in the market right now because Reddit presets how many uh, you want of each edition, and they decided to make their Shadow Wolves more scarce and to make their Cool Cats wider. Vivi taught us a long time ago why that matters, and some other industries have as well, because they want more people to be able to access their like most notable IP. So that's for the collectors and expanding their IP. That's why, in my opinion, they want more people to be able to have blue cats. On top of that, you can only buy one per person, and Reddit will not allow you to create an account and then immediately go buy one of these. You have to wait. So even if like the cool cats were like waited till last minute and try to start a Reddit account to go buy one, they couldn't do it. So they're still in the market, and people are fudding that. But in my opinion, that's just part of branching out, and it's okay if it doesn't sell out. That's going to eventually lead people to wa wanting to know more about the cool cats ecosystem. So that's just a rundown of the Reddit Gen 4. I really liked it. Do you have any thoughts on it? No, it was really cool. I picked one up myself. I picked up, I think it was like only 14, 1500 editions on the cool cat, like with the little milk carton on its head or whatever. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, the shadow one was even more like scarce. And um, I think it's cool, man. And I'm not going to like dump the dump the bank account on it yet. But, um, you know, because... I want this to like mature out a little bit, but I do see the potential for these to be actual collectibles uh, because Reddit is such a thriving community. And I think the hate will over time just subside anyways, like in general, not not just on Reddit, but in NFTs in general. I think people will finally realize like, oh, you can actually own these digital things. Like it doesn't matter if it's a avatar, it could be a collectible card, it could be a, a comic, it doesn't matter, right? You can actually own this and take it to like an auction house, like, I think the, um, you know, collectible, you know, users and things like that, I think it's just going to mature over time. And then I think once you get more publicity on it, you know, shows like Golden that was on Netflix, like I think once people start realizing and it clicks in their head. And then, of course, I think that Apple Vision Pro and all this other technology that will come into play where it's like AR and it's more accessible and mixed reality is more accessible to the mainstream consumers. I think also that will click in people's minds. It's like, oh, this is so fun. You can game. You can do all these crazy things. You're like reality is literally different. Um, and I, I think at that point, like people will just click like, oh, OK, like I can actually own things in the digital sense. This is this is getting real. And I think that's when they have that aha moment. Yeah, man. And I mean, at the beginning, you said you don't want to dump your bank account on it. Like the cool cat with the milk carton was 10 bucks. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you, can, you can't buy multiple. I mean, you could have a few Reddit accounts, but um, I'm pretty sure Reddit would detect if you like mass created accounts. It's like not as easy as a process. And even then, you still might not be able to buy yet. And then the Shadow Wolf, I think, was 50 bucks. And I think that one sold out. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is for NFTs, 
there was a fairly low barrier to entry and you could only buy one. If they allowed people to buy multiple, those cool cats would have been sold out. And I would have bought 20 or something. Like I would have bought a ridiculous amount, you know, but yeah. they limited it on purpose so that more, more people can be exposed to their IP and be able to collect. Uh, <coughs> so I don't know. Ultimately, I think Reddit's doing it right. Big alpha. I would even put this in the alpha section on Reddit. So this is speculation, but it's alpha. Um, Reddit discontinued their coin system to where you could like buy these like rewards and send them to people so like if this person made a good post or, or a funny comment you could kind of send them an emote you know like you could buy it and send them an emote they discontinued that for no rhyme or reason last week and uh so you know why, why would they do that they were making money on that the speculation is Reddit might integrate crypto and they, they might integrate like a, a web three system. Why is this speculation? Like, is it just, just nonsense? No, they're If you go and look at Reddit jobs, they're actually looking for some web three oriented positions. So yeah, I mean, it is speculation, but it's like, okay, we, we kind of get the feel here. You, you drop 13 million digital collectible wallets. Are you allowed those? You're allowing interoperability for your platform. You're looking for web three native developers, web three native people. And they've already allowed people to integrate crypto into their own ecosystems. I don't know if you heard about Cone, but like essentially Cone was created by one of the Reddit moderators and like one of these subreddits. And it, and it rewards people are, we'll take Moon for example. Moon's a little bit better uh, as far as like an easier example. But Moon has its own subreddit to where like if you, and if you have the most upvotes for that month, you get more moon token. And that moon token actually mooned. It went from like, I, I don't know the price. I actually look it up before I say it. But I want to say it like 5x or something. But people are getting rewarded for getting, you know, more. No, that's ordinals. Yeah, it's on. It's actually our cryptocurrency. It's called moon. It's up 11% in the last 24 hours. But in the last 30 days, dude, this thing skyrocketed. It's up 269% in the last 30 days 466 percent in the last year it's on cryptocurrency moons and uh, literally it's just people reward people with this moons token for being the most active members so reddit is clearly okay with everything web3 so the so the potential for them to launch their own token to me is not out of the realm of possibilities yeah so i covered this one um a, a while ago where there was speculation and i thought it was like kind of confirmed i guess not but um, I thought they were going to move the moon token to and use Arbitrum Nova to create it like more blockchain based. So um, I think that's what they'll probably do. This was a it says moon to bridge. It, 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 it is on Arbitrum Nova ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. So that's a layer two for those of the folks that don't know. Layer two on Ethereum network. So that's another like again Ethereum such a juggernaut when it comes to their ecosystems. And um, even further than that is the avatars we just talked about uh, is using, they were on Polygon. They were po they're all Polygon based. So these layer twos are out there crushing on Ethereum. So I just wanted to add, add that little uh, bit of alpha yeah, there. It, Polygon is just disrupting, man, too. They've been all over the news. And I, I covered it in uh, Paul's you know uh, podcast uh, on his like Substack or whatever. But they, they're kind of just dominating left and right. I completely agree. And uh, I used to not like Polygon just because, like, I was, like, scared. Like, basically, if you go to OpenSea and you search Polygon collections, like, a year ago, like, I felt like most of them I was, like, too scared to click because there wasn't a lot of volume and you don't know. Polygon was a lot easier to get rugged on than Ethereum was, at least for me back in the day. Um, but the more that I learned, the more I'm like, wow, this is really cheap and effective and a lot of big players are building on it. Uh, and I see, I see why that it's 
it's getting more popular now. Yeah, so I mean, Pancake Swap integrated it um, now finally. Then you had Reddit, of course, the Avatars Palm Network to become a Polygon and ZK Supernet. The Bank of Italy is tapping Polygon for DeFi pilot program. And there's just much more MetaMask even uh, uh, integrated Polygon staking. And the ZK EVM Polygon pool, liquidity pool, is over 100 million in just four months. So, I mean, it's just like insane, man. Yeah. Big on Polygon, man. It's got it's got a good. I, I was with you though. I was like, uh, Polygon felt cheap, and like, there's something about it that I was like, ah, I don't like it. But the more it matures, the more I'm like, okay, all right, this this does this does feel good. It, it does start to feel premium now. Um, so yeah. yeah. Now that said, I'm I'm coming at this from a place of of ignorance because I just I literally have never read Polygon white paper. I probably should, and I don't own a lot of Polygon besides transactions. But I know some really smart people that like love Polygon, but aren't necessarily bullish on the token. Uh, and that and their argument is like it's meant to be a transactional token. So like if you're like putting a ton of money in this, hoping that it's going to moon, that's not really the point of Polygon. Like Polygon's meant for like cheap transactions. Again, coming at it from a place of somebody somebody that like doesn't know the tokenomics, uh, but from some people I trust, that's what they've said. Yeah, I mean, look, Polygon's still ranked number 12 right now. I think it was ranked like a top 10 not that long ago. And I still think it's going to like be in the top 10 again. And the reason why is they have updated their like roadmap and their entire vision. I mean, Polygon 2.0 is pretty significant and we're seeing it like already play out. So um, I think it's got a lot of potential. I was a, I was a kind of a bearish on it like you in the beginning, but now like seeing all this stuff, like they continue to dominate. I'm like, man, this this could be the clear winner in the ZK EV or the ZK world. So, for sure, man. So, I guess because we're talking about tokens, we might as well just transition to uh, one of the biggest talks of the week, uh, Worldcoin by by Sam Altman. Uh, I know I was in space. I was listening in to Spaces the other day, and you were talking about it. Um, do you want to go ahead and just explain to people who Sam Altman is and what what they had to do with Worldcoin, like everything around that? Yeah, Sam Altman, the founder, one of the founders of OpenAI, which, of course, released ChatGPT, which take, took the world by storm. And so Sam Altman went to create, he, they've been working on their own protocol and blockchain, and it's going to be called the WorldCoin. And they just announced the launch of that this past, this current week, um, just a couple days, a few days ago. And how that works is basically it's going to help prevent, you know, AI, deepfakes and impersonations on the Internet and maybe beyond that in the actual physical world. And how it combats that is it, it you're proving a, what's called proof of personhood where you actually have to go in and verify using a biometric scanner, which actually is like a pro- proprietary orb that they built, which has like their proprietary like hardware inside and software that you have to actually, there's only 11 in the United States to put how rare these are. And you have to line up and go get your eyeball literally scanned into this orb. And it's supposed to be anonymous. So it doesn't know, like it doesn't send any centralized data to anywhere. And there, that's the entire protocol. And that way you can download an app. And if you're, let's say you show up at an event at like Austin or Consensus or Miami or whatever, and you you just want to scan, like be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a real human, bada bing, bada boom. Or maybe on Twitter one day, who knows? Um, and prove that you're an actual human and not a AI, uh, this will help in that process. But it's gotten a lot of like pushback because the idea of just a centralized is still, even though it says it's decentralized and anonymous, some people are still pointing, you know, the flaws out, in, uh, 
even Vitalik Buterin, the co-founder of Ethereum, uh, did a whole academic paper on this whole thing and pointed out the major issues in, uh, in WorldCoin and some of the solutions as well, too. Wild, man. And honestly, since they dropped, the coin has been on a steady decline. Let me look it up right now. Uh, last I checked, it was down 12% in the last 24 hours. Uh, it doesn't really give me the long, the bigger chart, but yeah, it's. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty much started out at $2.69 and is currently sitting at $2.18. It's not like extreme drop, but I've seen a lot of like mixed takes on this, like some influencers and content creators are like, oh, you already scan your like face into like the Apple iPhone. And then, you know, people are kind of pointing out like the 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 reverse of that. It's like, yeah, but you can like destroy your iPhone at any time and it only stores it locally as well. And then I think it was Udi actually that tweeted about it. I was like, yeah, but like, you know, so does the the orb is what it was. And so there's like blowback back and forth is like, you know, in terms of biometrics. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm more on the lines with like Vitalik on this one is like, you'll probably need more of a layered approach. I don't, I don't think the world coin now in its infancy state is the solution to prevent deep fakes, you know, and you know, all the, all the above. Right. So I think we'll need more multi-layered approaches in the future. Mm. Well, yeah, for sure. For sure. Would you get your eye scan for that? No. I don't think I would either. I would buy the I, coin and, and like in, it possibly invest into it. Um, and I've considered that. But I, I at this point in time, um, I think I have to see AI progress a little bit more. Um, and me and you are a little bit more safer. I mean, you know, in terms of our social media, we put out videos, we put out tweets, we put out all this stuff. And it's a little bit easier for us currently. I mean, at some point in time. AI could just fake all of our stuff, like even the videos. And yeah. but at this time, it's AI is not that, and you know, it's not super powerful enough to where it could fake, you know, us updating the news and articulating on brand new news uh, that fast. And I, I think that's kind of the key different, you know, making it different. Uh, but I think that will change soon. I think at some point we will have to like do that, and I think that's going to happen really quickly. I had a hot take last night. I posted it to Twitter and Threads. Threads actually got more interaction than Twitter, so shout out to Threads for that, even though I have literally 11 times more followers on on uh, Twitter. But shots fired, shots fired. <laughs> for real. My hot take was that AI will never have the capacity to have like heart-to-heart human conversations because they'll never experience what humans experience. And let me elaborate on that. Um, they'll be able to pull up all the information of the written and verbal and every bit of information they have online. But at the end of the day, I still don't believe you can come up with a conclusion of how a human thinks without having that experience, that real experience. Like we, we are nowhere close to being able to like make the AI have have central nervous systems to where they can experience pain, uh, like humans experience or abandonment the same way humans experience it or even like joy. And like, I know you can simulate these things. But I just cannot relate to somebody that I cannot relate to. Like, have you ever tried somebody who, like, is just so different than you? They're, like, trying to relate to you, and they say they might say the right things, but you still don't really have that connection because they haven't went through, like, similar things as you have. And sure, you can, like, program AI to make it feel the way you do, but there is a difference. And, and I think that's really always going to stand, and I'll, I'll stand proven wrong 
in certain aspects of creativity that I highly relate to. Now, if I don't relate to it, I might not see the difference. But if that's something like I really relate to and I really understand, it's a difference. I mean, and I know it's hard to say right now because we're we're in layer one of AI. Like there's so many, like it's going to blow our minds in the next few years and I might eat these words. But as like an old school, old heart, old soul thinker, I just can't see myself sitting down pouring out a glass of whiskey and having the talks about human experience with AI, knowing that AI hasn't experienced the same things that humans experienced. Yeah. I mean, these are like what movies are kind of made of in a nutshell, like, because that's exactly what these like AI slash like robotic videos or movies are about is like, you know, there's always the kind of antagonist or whatever. I don't know what the actual proper term is, but there's always like the centered character that is like doubting the, ability for AI robots to have feelings. But then at the end of the movie, it's like what had happened, even like Halo, for example, with uh, Cortana is like, she started off like Master Chief was like, I don't know about this weird, crazy AI thing. Like I'm a, I'm a freaking super soldier. And then uh, what had happened over time, he started to trust her and she even like became an actual like human and like had these like very human emotions and they kind of like clicked together but um, that could like it's like it's kind of like that fake it till you make it saying. And uh, I, and again, this could be so far, uh, you know, down the line. You know, we might be dead by the time that happens. But um, I could see something like where technology gets so advanced that you're able to, you know, create biologics through AI. Um, I just don't know about the soul part. I don't know about because I'm not a I'm not going to I'm not an expert at that part. Like, what does that look like? How does the mind even work when it comes to if that were to happen, AI was able to recreate a biologic and feed itself into that, you know, bi- biological form. And then like, there's all a lot to think through. I know this is like, this is so, this is like, could be a hundred, 200 years down, down the line, but I think eventually it could, it might actually happen if society gets that advanced and we don't end up blowing up the world through, you know, stupid wars and, uh, things like that but um, I don't know there's a lot to think through um, you know Look, it I, could... I am a I am a sole expert because I'm only a couple hours north of New Orleans and if you know anything about Louisiana we are full of soul and let me tell you <laughs> AI will never have soul <laughs> yeah so not so much like so a soul is to me a three-part being and we talked about this a little bit before is like a mind a will and emotions so the the one thing that's a lacking like you said is the emotion part but yeah. if it gets to the point where it's almost like a self-discovery thing where it fakes, like you said, it fakes all these things until it doesn't, until it's like, wait a minute, like I'm actually for real feeling these emotions. Then at that point, that's where I start to like, if that even well, happens, you know. Here's the distinction though. They might be feeling the emotions. Let, let's assume this AI has a full out body that feels like flesh, like that new episode of Black Mirror where they go into space or whatever. Yeah. They can feel that. They can cry with me and they can hug me. I'm not going to relate because you didn't go through what I went through. Like, like, honestly, you did. You might feel like you did, but you didn't, you know? And so I, there's just that, that's not going to be replaced. Like on my end, you know, I, I had somebody the other day in a space, it was a gratitude space and I get this, but like he basically has a child now, like an AI child that he like really treasures and loves or whatever. And I get the sentiment there, especially if you can't have kids or you're single or whatever. Like, I, I get wanting that. 
But when it comes to like, and I'm not saying he was trying to do this, but like in the future, if somebody comes and tries to relate to me as a parent of the struggles that I had to go through raising children that they had to do raising an AI child, it's just not going to happen. Like I'll, I'm, I'm a empathetic and, and I would consider myself a kind person. Like I'll listen. I'll, I'll listen to you for sure. I just can't relate to you and you're not going to relate to me. Uh, you know, like, yeah. like, then, like I'm sorry, you, you didn't go through the same stuff I did. Like, right. like it was different. Maybe you went through harder stuff in different areas, but we did not have the same experience. So like that, I, there's just always going to be a disconnect there for me because it, My, it's going to be, it, it's impossible to replicate human experience right. to, to every degree. Like I even had so somebody try to argue with me last is, night. Like I'm not arguing against what you're saying, but um, I, I do think about like some of these shows and movies out there that uh, does spark imagination in terms of, it, it, it just seems like the human experience is so special that, but the, the the movies out there that always portray like AI and ro- robots tried to eventually they want to become human so they can experience the human experience for themselves. And um, that might like, what if we do get rogue AI and super t- intelligence that's supposed to be within this decade, according to open AI themselves, they actually had a blog post about super intelligence that, and it could happen within this next decade. Um, but I, in my head is like, what, what, at what point, if we do get a rogue AI, what if they do want to become like some, like, again, like maybe it's a hundred, 200 years out where AI is trying to create like biologics, you know, out of itself. Like that's the things I think about is like to, to a degree I do. I obviously do agree with you on like, there is that human experience and you can't mimic that. Like it's, it's super special. And I, but the, at the same time, these movies do portray like all these, you know, androids if you will always trying to mimic humans because they want that experience too yeah the the ironic part though is that like humans made all these movies and they just assume that like these ai bodies want to be like humans you know like they're they're probably going to be something entirely different and that's okay um i i do i probably won't state this correctly just because again we're we're obviously having like a pretty like philosophical conversation but like I, I personally don't be, I believe like almost everything is a derivative in the sense of like creation cannot create something entirely new. Uh, it always take like we can make new things, but we're still using all the resources that have already been created. Um, so I, I think the same thing with AI. Like I think we could like make a body for them to some degree. We can give them as much experience as we can create, but I still don't think we're going to be able to create like a like a, a human another human being like outside the means of like reproduction, like in a sense, um, because it's still going to be fabricated or fake. Like, I don't know, maybe the science goes beyond me, but I'm even thinking about like reproduction. Like, I guess you can like, this is gonna get weird, I guess, but I guess you can insert like sperm cells and like, um, like, so, you know, into the AI, but like, will that be like a sustainable, like AI is able to like reproduce, you know, in the future. And if that's the case, you know, will they have the same challenges of, of, of carrying a child? Will they still have the same birth pains? Uh, you know, will they still, have, and at, at, that's the point where it's like, I just don't see it happening. And when people want to argue, like last night, the guy was like, well, all you have to do is give them a body and then they'll experience human experience. Like, no, you, you need, you need nervous system. You need, okay, here's another thing, Kyle. You need years and years of generational trauma. You know, like, like honestly, I, I hate to say it like that, but like if you're born with tendencies to be an alcoholic, you can't mimic that into AI, you know, and they probably won't even be able to drink alcohol to get drunk. So it's like they don't they don't have that experience of, of dealing with uh, decades of alcoholism or they don't they don't have that experience of decades of PTSD from fighting in a war. 
because they didn't fight in a war. You know, so like there, there are certain things that's like I, I can't relate to this thing and it's not going to be able to relate to a lot of humans because it's not a freaking human yeah. uh, at the end of the day. You know? So, yeah, and there's there's a lot of experts like saying like we could be in a simulation already. And then there will be people saying like everything's just energy. And technically, like if you can manipulate energy in such a way, then technically you can reproduce that result. Um, and I think too, um, just to uh, quote, I guess not quote, but the theory of technological singularity as well is predicting a point in time when humans lose control over their technological inventions and subsequent developments due to the rise of machine consciousness. And as a result, their super intelligence reaching singularity stage in short constitutes artificial intelligence, greatest threat to humanity. Unfortunately, AI singularity is already underway, according to an article on the Hill. Well, okay, to rebuttal that first point, though, like the whole like, oh, what if humans are already this? It's still different because if that was the case, if we're replicas of something else, we haven't met it, you know? So like, whereas like AI would be like living amongst us, we're not living amongst whatever we're replicas of. So it's like, that's different. Because like, assuming there is this being that I'm a replica of, yeah, I can't relate to it because I'm not it, you know? Well, it's supposed to be like... Humans were supposed to be like created out of like God's image, but obviously we were a fallen. It's a fallen, you know, if you're Christian, of course, and we can get into that, you know, some people might not be, but then you start getting into that talk, you know, is like, you know, obviously if you believe that we were created in, in God's image, but of course we're, we're a fallen, fallen man, fallen woman, um, because, you know, for obvious reasons, what happened in the garden of Eden then, um, you know, at this point, we are we're obviously derivatives of all that, like being created um, and all that, too. So that's that's kind of something to think about Here, just in, in the, the, in the macro. In here's terms the irony of that. of that story. One, I can't relate to God because he's a different being. So, like, I literally can't fathom another being. Two, how did God relate to humanity? Like, like assuming from the Christian perspective, how, how did he answer the question? Well, the Bible says we're co-created in Christ and we're co-creators with Christ. So I think like in terms of that, you have the tr- the Holy Trinity is how the connection is made. You have Jesus, he sent his son. He literally... But, uh, yeah, I was about to say, let, let's focus on that aspect though. What, yeah. what, did, what, did Jesus, what did Jesus do? Well, he obviously... So what, before I... Let me finish though. So we have God, we have the Holy Spirit, and then we have Jesus, right? So that's a three-part Holy Trinity that uh builds the connection there and before obviously jesus died on the cross um it wasn't like a complete mission right he had to go a sinless life and literally sacrificed himself god sacrificed jesus to die on the cross in order to quote unquote save the world right that's kind of the general um consensus among christians My, my biggest point here to getting you to say that though is that jesus became a human therefore can relate uh, to yeah 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 that's what i mean obviously yeah. <laughs> which is which is full circle what i was talking about earlier of like let's assume like the christian perspective is true like that that whole perspective of like having a being that's above you you can't relate to that being the only way to relate to that being if is that if that being is powerful enough to become you and then then the being can relate to you in a sense god couldn't even relate to us even though he was, you know, more powerful than us in, in every way, well, to, until he actually became a human. Yeah, to like break that human. down though for people out there that are like, "Whoa, that's that's a lot," and I don't really understand. Is like when Jesus died, it, it, how the Bible puts it is it ripped, it ripped and tore back the kind of curtain of the communication back between you know man and God, 
And that's how like one of the ways humans are able to like, like you said, have that connection level uh, to God itself. Like before- even, even being, even being born though, even being birth of a human. And then like, cause that's the story of Jesus was like birth of Mary, the human um, took on flesh and then lived a human life, had to deal with human stuff, had to deal with like, you know, being a, a person who like feels pain or who experiences human emotions or, you know what, like he still had experience humanity. And, and that's going back to AI, like, we, I don't think it's possible for us to be able to fully replicate what it means to be a human in AI because I don't think that's possible. I don't think we can make AI become a human at any point ever, but with, especially with our current technology. And that's the differentiation for me is I, I can't relate to something that's not a human and that hasn't had human experience. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a human uh, type of thing at this point. I think we're creating the, the basis of it, of what could be. And then everything after that, like if super intelligence does come, uh, which it, it's supposed to be under underway and OpenAI's released a blog about that as well, then I think it'll be a result of that and not not necessarily, um, you know, with human. I mean, it, there could be human input for sure, but it's like this thing will just get so advanced and out of, you know, not, not out of control, but just kind of like at the point where humans will have to figure out amongst themselves and do more soul searching, which could be good. And it also could be bad because, you know, with soul searching, people might discover nefarious ways to use their newfound freedom of time to do things that uh, may not be, you know, morally sound or it could be even worse, like committing crime. Um, But for the folks that I think that are comfortable with who they are with their themselves and their spirit and their soul. I think, you know, it'll create interesting experiences like, you know, talking about art games, you know, thing, you know, exercise in general. Um, and then you start having to have that talk about, you know, UBI and universal basic income at some point, if AI does get so advanced to where it's just literally running the framework of society, you know, like the, the grid, you know, you, you everything, you know, and so that's what I kind of think about uh, in the not so like distant future. Sorry, if you can hear my kid in the background, <laughs> uh, we do have like about a little bit over six minutes left and we haven't talked about like two big topics. We'll just try to quickly talk about that. Um, Twitter rebranded to X and speaking of, of X, uh, something trended on X this week that might make this entire conversation irrelevant. Apparently aliens exist. Kyle, have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw the whole hearing in the lady asked guy, like, was there, did you guys recover the pilots? The guy was like, yeah. And she was like, well, was that, were they human biologics? And he was like, no, they were non-human biologics. Obviously yes. like alien. Yeah. I'm trying to find. Uh, I actually posted about it on uh, threads. It was the ex-U.S. intelligence officer David Crush that said this. So it was actually like somebody with like personal intel. Um, yeah, I, you know, I saw actually Sparky, one of, somebody from the VB community had a good comment on this. Uh, what her, one of her opinions was like, you know, UFO obviously just means like unidentified objects. So like, you know, it could have just literally just been something that we don't know about, you know, like if like another form of technology that we haven't seen. And as far as like it not being human, it could have just been like a squirrel. You know, it could have been a squirrel. It could have been a monkey driving it, you know, or whatever. Like, like there are very like natural ways to explain it or the guy was just full of it. I don't know. What do, you, do you think aliens exist? I, I don't know, man. I let me like, I need, I need some proof here. Like let them, like let them come down. Like, let me do proof of alienhood here before we jump to conclusions. 
I don't know. It's it just seems like in society when there's like big, you know, divisive type of things going on, then they start to throw out these like we saw a UFO, and then that's all they do. And this is all it ever is. It's just like some random dude said some something random, and it hits all the headlines. And we've seen more of it this past year. And maybe it's because there's global conflicts going on, and maybe that's a way to like distract the American public or world public. I don't know. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I do think there's like advanced technology out there. And maybe if so, like maybe there was UFOs. I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm kind of weird in the sense that, you know, I don't know. Time is not linear. Like who's to say, I don't know. I don't know. There's just a lot to think through on that end. Like, I don't want to like make myself sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there is advanced technologies out there that humans just are, I think there's some awarity or some awareness of it um, and maybe not so much in terms of the general public that they just won't talk about um, mm-hmm. whether that's human made or whatever. So I don't know. I'm just kind of like, uh, I don't know. Let me see it from my own eyes. Let me, let me figure it out. Yeah. I kind of stand by I want to kind of lean towards they're just not there and we're alone in the universe and we're just trying to cope. Uh, but I also go towards the side of like, if they are there and they've reached us by some point, I, I really think we'd be like ants to them. This is a pretty common you know, perspective of it. But like they, their technology would be so advanced that they really don't have like, why would they even care to interact with us in a sense? You know, like, like if they've made it here from like from wherever they came from that we couldn't detect, then they could, would probably just view us like, oh, look, there's a there's an ant. You know, we see those all the time well, across the universe. Have you seen so you've seen Interstellar, right? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah so OK, so the thing with space and time is it's not linear, especially when you get into space, um, especially if you are moving at like, let's say, you know, Mach 10, even like the, the slower Mach speeds. Like if you were to travel around the world at like Mach 10 or Mach 20 or, you know, super fast, like the speed of light. Um, and wrap around, you would actually get younger uh, than the people on Earth. And so time is not linear. And when you start talking about space and the speed that you move at, um, things change. Things get different. Think of The Flash, uh, watching the movie The Flash, and how he's able to actually run so fast, he's like turning, going back in time. And, um, you know, that that's the things that I think about, is like if humans were to move at such a high speed, and then all of a sudden they just like, oh, I'm going to go back to Earth real quick after exploring the space. And then they come back and everything's just different. And the mm-hmm. dude looks and he looks different than like, what if humans like, I don't know. There's there's just a lot to think there, right? So, um, dude, I, that, it just kind of remind, like, kind of made me think like, if you think about like the original mission to go across, like, let's say you get the technology to go across the universe, whoever gets sent out is going to have to be okay with the fact when they come back that nobody they know is going to be alive, assuming that, like... Or different. Like, they look... They could even just or, look different. Or they look different. But, I mean, I'm, I mean, think about, like, the, the first gen, like, being able to cra- travel. Like, you know that if you get a certain point away from the Earth at a certain speed, time's going to go differently. So, like, if you're that first one that's like, hey, look, we're going to send you across the universe and back, but when you get back... All of us are going to be long gone. Like that's going to be a very like dark, you know, thing to think it's about. It's like, like Interstellar, where he land, he literally lands on the planet for ten minutes, and it, it like forty years have passed since he gets off yeah. the planet, and he kind of gets stuck for a minute, um, and he's like freaking out because he knows like his daughter is going to like age in time, 
And by the time he gets back to see his daughter, she's now an adult. And that's like yeah. the whole movie is he like goes back to see her. And I, I get goosebumps because I'm like, dude, that would be so I hated it. I loved it, but I hated it at the same time because I'm like, oh, my God, as a dad that like super hit oh, home, yeah. man. Like you I was like everything. Yeah. Missing her grow up. And then he gets stuck in the bookshelf like he gets stuck in this like space time continuum like loophole. Uh, I don't know. It's just like there's so much stuff that we don't know. Or maybe that we do know and that we just they don't teach it or they don't say because like obviously it's confidential but um yeah that i mean time isn't linear like people think and it's All like right, pr- yeah. it's proven that it's not either too we have just a couple seconds left i will just give you teasers for next week that we'll move on some topics that we didn't hit dr profit allegedly make t- take court actions against twitter's annons uh, and then, of course, let's see, VV and Digital Collectibles finally catch Io ETH Maxis after Comic-Con. We're, we'll move those to next week. We might even have a special guest next week. We'll announce that. It's going to be on Kyle's channel. If you made it this far, thank you. I hope you enjoyed the hot takes, the philosophical conversation, the updates on the crypto NFT, Web3 market. If you like all of that stuff, any of that stuff, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to both of our YouTube, share this podcast with a friend, and we will see you guys next episode. Peace out, everybody. Peace.